Hello, thank you for joining me today. This is Pastor Carl Gallops, and I'm honored to be able to walk through the Word with you today. You know, I've been in the ministry a long time, and I praise God for the opportunity to share His Word all over the United States and around the world. I'm also very honored that from time to time I am able to preach at prophecy conferences and I'm often asked, why is the United States of America in such crisis in these days? What's going on with our nation, with our culture? Why is it that we seem to go from crisis to crisis, from one travesty to another travesty, from one constitutional travesty to another constitutional travesty? Well, I can tell you that my answer comes from a biblical worldview, of course. My answer comes from the Word of God. We don't have a political crisis in America. We have a spiritual crisis. Of course, a spiritual crisis can live itself out in a cultural crisis and and in a political crisis and in an economic crisis, of course. But the root of our problem, America has a spiritual crisis going on. So you might ask me, well, what's the root of the spiritual crisis? What's the problem? Well, the spiritual crisis in America has many tentacles to it. There are many, many different veins, different valleys and alleys down which this crisis travels. But I can tell you what I believe is a foundational root to the spiritual crisis in America. There are many more, but there is a foundational root that began a little over 100 years ago in our nation and has been in a downward spiral ever since. Now, this root and this spiral is spoken of in the Scriptures. Now, the scriptural context is not aimed directly at the United States of America. It's aimed at culture in general. And as I share this passage with you and then mine out of it the scriptural principles and precepts and apply them to what's happening in America so that you can clearly see the spiritual crisis in which we are living, you can also understand that it's not just America that's in this spiritual crisis. It's the entire planet. We're living in prophetic days. Let me begin with a passage of scripture. It's a little lengthy, but it's one that most of you will know, and you will know it well. It comes from Romans chapter 1. Listen to what the Word of God says. Paul is writing to the church at Rome, and he's writing about their time and their day. And the context is some of the things that are happening in their day. But he's also in the spirit of prophecy, because you can hear a futuristic tone to what he's saying. He's speaking of a people not only in his day and time, but of a people and the world conditions that are yet to come out in his future. I'm convinced we've arrived. Listen to the scripture, and then let me explain. Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed or displayed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men, men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature, they've been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Remember that. Verse 21, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Then they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. 
Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness. Well, of course, you're familiar with that passage of Scripture, and let me remind you the context. Paul's living in the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago, and so much of this was going on then. The images made to look like men and animals and reptiles, and these were images that were carved of stone and of wood, and various gods and goddesses were attached to them, various worship cults. Of course, we understand that. We know in in the Roman Empire that all manner of sexual decadence and degradation began to take place, and we we know, of course, that homosexuality was a, was a vital part of that sexual degradation, even in the Roman Empire, even in Paul's day. But as I said, you can also hear a prophetic tone to all of this. You can hear Paul speak about the future. He appears to be speaking of a people that have yet to come. And so now, as we trace down through the years of history and we come to the United States of America, a nation unprecedented in human history, founded upon the Judeo-Christian principles of the Word of God, founded upon the understanding that we have a Creator who has given us inalienable rights, these rights that must be protected by governmental powers, gave us a constitutional republic with every opportunity to make as much freedom and fairness for man as possible within our own sin nature and within our limitations, but with God's help, recognizing God on our money, recognizing God in the pledge to our flag, recognizing God in our national monuments, becoming the number one world superpower militarily and economically for many, many decades, influencing the world in many good ways, becoming a nation wherein we send out more aid, more economic aid and uh, benevolence help to people in desperate need than any other nation of the world, sending out more missionaries, more gospel literature, more word of God impact upon the world than any other nation. We've gone from that to the nation that we see slipping away before our eyes, the spiritual degradation, the decadence, the celebrating of homosexuality and homosexual marriage from the president and the vice president for the first time in the history of the United States, to the U.S. military openly celebrating gay pride for the first time in the history of the United States, an unprecedented debt with the potential of a looming economic crisis on our doorstep. I could go on and on, and I don't want to paint a a gloomy, totally... Uh, unredeemable picture. But I want you to understand, of course, that we are living in prophetic times. And the scripture applies from Romans chapter 1 to the nation and to the world conditions in which we live, to the spiritual crisis in which we live. Now, as I said, there was something very prophetic about what the Apostle Paul was speaking of. I began a few moments ago by saying that about a hundred years ago, something changed in our culture. Yes, and here is what it was. It's when we introduced into our culture, into our scientific community, and into our school classrooms, from elementary now all the way through university levels, of course, this teaching that there is no God, that we are a cosmic accident, 
and that our nearest relative is a common ancestor to a chimpanzee. Of course, I'm speaking of evolution proposition. It's now declared on television, in the media, in textbooks, and from the academia, and from the science world, evolution is now declared to be a settled science. It's an interesting theory, but it is not settled science. Not in the long shot. As a matter of fact, the more that accurate science, the more that real science, the more that scientific method, verifiable science advances, the more we understand that this theory of evolution just really is not settled science. But a little more than 100 years ago, we decided that we were going to swap out our knowledge of God. We were going to take away the glory of God, that is, that he is the creator. You see, that's God's glory, that he is the creator. But the Bible says we exchange that glory of God, we exchange that for a lie. What was the lie? Well, we worshiped created things rather than the creator himself. We ignore the fact that there's a creator. Instead, we declare that created things is the end-all and be-all of the world. And so what did we do? We made images to make to look like mortal man and birds and reptiles and fish. Have you seen an evolution textbook lately? Have you been to a museum lately of anthropology? There are images, paintings, pictures, models, statues, but but no real evidence. There's no, we don't have a single piece of fossil evidence absolutely demonstrating that mankind came from a common ancestor to a chimp. There's no such thing. There's no such evidence exists. That's why it's called the missing link. Instead, what we have is a fairy tale substituted for the truth. Now look what the Bible says. It says when this fairy tale, when this lie is substituted, we, pro- we profess ourselves to be wise, but really we become fools. We become absolutely foolish. Can you imagine? See, here's what the evolution textbooks really teach. Now I'm going to br- bring this to a quick synopsis and cram it all together, but you will find that this is the the path that evolution teaching takes in our textbooks. We teach our kids that there was an accidental explosion which resulted in an accidental sludge pond of an accidental mixture of chemicals that accidentally, over millions and millions of years, billions of years, some of the chemicals began to form themselves together into a single-celled living organism, the first molecule, if you will, the first living uh, cell. And from there, that living cell decided it was going to replicate itself and began to Uh, multiply. Of course, it took millions of years. And then millions of years later, that single cell living organism became a multi-celled living organism. You know, with just the right amount of chemical input and outside energy sources, accidentally, randomly, no intelligent input, no intelligent thought, no creator, no creation, no intelligent design. It just all happened on its own because it could. And then from that multi-organism cell, we developed the early form of a sponge. And from the sponge, we developed an early form of a, of, a, of a worm-like creature. And from that worm-like creature came the earliest form of a fish. And from the fish came the earliest form of an amphibian. And from the amphibian came the earliest form of a reptile. And the reptiles branched off into three different branches. One of those branches were the dinosaurs that became extinct. Another one of those branches of reptiles eventually, over millions and millions of years, became mammals. And those mammals went up the evolutionary scale from a rat to a lemur to a monkey type or uh, animal to a common ancestor of a chimp finally to a man so from a sludge pond to a man from a molecule to a man that's how we got here no intelligent design no intelligent purpose no rhyme or reason all just a big cosmic accident and all 13 to 100 million species of life 
just happen to appear with all of their systems and their subsystems and their irreducible complexity at the molecular and atomic level. Those just happened accidentally over millions of years and billions of years. That's what we substituted. That's what our culture now believes and is taught. We've raised up generations of children believing that lie and professing to be wise, we have become fools. And what does the Bible say? The downward spiral is sexual degradation of our culture. And the downward spiral of that, when you're hitting the bottom of the pit, the Bible says, is when women exchange their natural desires for other women and men exchange their natural desires for other men. And then they pay for it, the penalty of it, in their own body, and the Bible says, for their perversions. And then after that, all manner of wickedness breaks loose. Do you see this spiritual chain? Do you see the spiritual degradation? Do you see the spiritual crisis? I'm telling you, the foundational plank began in America a little over 100 years ago when we decided we were going to exchange the truth of God for a lie. We were going to exchange his glory, his ability to create, that he is the creator. We were going to call that a lie. And we were going to say, not that God is dead, but that God never was. And we wonder why we are in such a spiritual crisis. Well, folks, the hope is found in the Word of God. The hope is found in standing on the truth. The hope is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ and the understanding that this is all under control. This is in his hands. He called it 2,000 years ago before it happened. We just happen to be living in the time when it's happening. So teach your children and grandchildren the truth. Stand on the Word of God. Stand on the truth. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Redeem the time in which we live. Advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There are people who are lost and need to know the truth. Thank you for your time today. This has been a word for you from the Word of God by Pastor Carl Gallops.